This is the end. Yes, that is Group Love on RTHK Radio 3 with the song This is the End. This is not the end of the show. This is um, actually time for us to check in with Andrew Dambina for his Artsing Around um, session segment. So Andrew joins me on the line now. How are you, Andrew? Good, thank you. Thanks for uh, putting me through onto the segment now. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, uh, enjoying uh, being here and playing music and talking to people like you. Excellent. <laughs> right. And I know you've got some fake news for us, right? Yeah, indeed. A good way of putting it. Uh, the reason I'm talking about forgery in art today, Noreen and I have mentioned this briefly in passing over you know, this segment now and then, but this week it's in the spotlights, the, uh, the whole area of forgery, because a brand new French-made documentary came out two days ago that throws uh, the whole topic into the limelight. Uh, and it's all about the focus of this new documentary, um, a painting called the Salvador Mondi, which is supposedly by, or is it, Leonardo da Vinci. It <laughs> sets a record. <laughs> it, it, it sets a record as the most expensive uh, piece of art ever sold at auction in 2017, and it shows a portrait of uh, of Jesus Christ um, from his um, chest upwards, making a hand gesture with each hand. And it's one of only said it was said to be one of only twenty works of art attributed to the Renaissance master Leonardo da Vinci. Mm. The yeah, the painting's been nicknamed by some the male Mona Lisa. So it does have a number of authenticators and experts in the field of art, including those responsible for choosing collections in international galleries around the world, um, really famous museums that have called it that because there's, there was a search for a hundred years or so for among art experts who had heard of this painting the Salvador Mundi which means in English that's the Italian name it means in English the savior of the world mm -hmm. and it was uh, it, yeah it was it was known or thought to be around and by a Renaissance master but nobody had ever caught sight of it uh, until it until it came to light relatively recently it was said to have been when it did come to light which was in the 1950s it was then said to be once in the possession of two successive british kings charles the first and second which um for more than a hundred years in, in a royal um collection but in 1958 nothing was nothing was kind of heard of it publicly until it came up for auction in 1958 okay when it came up for auction in london and catalogues yeah catalogues of the work said that it was by one of da Vinci's followers. That's how it phrased it. Mm. And it went for a whopping £45, which is... <laughs> I mean, obviously, that was worth a lot more in those days. But in 1958, £45. And it's gone through a succession of different owners. In, in, in two, it was bought by an American visitor to London at the time. He was on holiday with his wife, went to an art auction, snapped up a Renaissance painting by not really confirmed artist name at the time um, for that price and then it was up for sale again in 2005 in the US obviously the owner had passed it on and it got snapped up for 1,200 US dollars mm -hmm. by art dealers um, and that's that's 2005 which really isn't that long ago no. you know given that it recently went uh, in in, Christ, in the Christie's auction for 450 
million US dollars. That's a cool 3.5 billion HK, in case you're wondering. But is it real or not? Well, there's still a lot of debate about it, and that's what this uh, documentary was all about. So uh, there's so much uh, mystery around it in so many different ways, not only in the authenticity. The buyer was kept secret at the time. It was later revealed to be the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, uh, okay. Hamid bin Salman. But that was kept, yeah, that was kept kind of under wraps. As is the case, actually, to be fair, with a lot of um, high, high bidding um, artworks, because owners don't want to put their names out there to be known to be in possession of something that's worth that much for obvious reasons. But um, it's not that before this uh, documentary came out, it's not the first time that there's been studies and even a book came out on the subject in 2019 after the auction happened uh, two years before that by uh, by an art critic in the UK called Ben Lewis. He wrote a book that got published and questioned the authenticity then and it was called The Last Leonardo, The Secret Lives of the World's Most Expensive Painting because it is still the, the most, most expensive, expensive painting yeah, so, ever, uh, that's ever been bid. So yeah. When when people are bidding this much money for a piece of art, mm. you would yeah. assume they would do their research and their due diligence. Are, are they yeah. using just art experts or are they using technology now? Like, um, I don't know, some sort of dating well, technology so they can actually yeah. see how old is this painting? Well, that's a, that, I mean, that's a good question, but that follows the path of what is generally referred to as provenance so that the history of that piece in the art world um, has a succession of a cv if you like mm. of, of, of authenticity <laughs> yes. that's, that's, that's been put together by listing experts who have done carbon dating or experts who have been museum heads who have authenticated the style the, the, uh, not, uh, on the basis of checking, let's say, canvas, pigment, etc., etc., all of these physical forms, they also look at the style because mm. you could also have something that was made by a forger at the time. It does date back to the early 1500s. That's been proved by carbon dating. Okay. No question about that. Okay. But, but yeah, but whether it was actually by the hand of Leonardo da Vinci um, is still being debated. But most recently, the Louvre in Paris, who has an outpost in the Middle East, um, was going in Abu Dhabi, was going to um, show the piece by uh, well, the, the piece as a Leonardo piece in a, an exhibition in Paris in 2019, after it had been bought by the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, and it wanted to make sure that the piece was genuine. It ran some of its own tests much more recently than before the Paris 2019 Leonardo exhibition. Mm. It wasn't convinced, and it wasn't convinced. And it, it, it actually made a diplomatic incident because President Macron of France's government um, had to deal with the fallout from the Louvre not accepting that it was a definite Leonardo. So it became a diplomatic incident, a quiet one. It was kept, it was kept as quiet as possible. Okay. But this new documentary that's come out this week has made it a bit less quiet. We're now hearing about that. It's being described. Wow. So senior officials from Macron's government um, had um, given statements under pseudonyms uh, confirming that the Louvre's scientific analysis of the painting says that it definitely, they, they feel it was produced in Da Vinci's workshop, but like lots of modern masters, not 
not many people may know that even back then in the 16th century um, there were teams of artists that helped the grand masters we hear about this uh, today with either some of the world's most famous modern painters mm. or sculptors especially they have a whole team or um, uh, apprentices if you like who help them get the get the job done while they oversee it and maybe right. add a hand so the yeah the louvre before the 2019 exhibition in paris came up with the fact that it may have had a touch by da vinci but they could not <laughs> he, he say have, that it was he may have breathed on it or something <laughs> He may have done, or, or done an equivalent of uh, dotting the eye of the uh, of the lion in the lion dance, you know, which is yes, done at, uh, yes. <laughs> well, just just done a little touch like that. It's it's interesting because yeah. I was reading that there are forgeries in museums all over the world, and Correct. people just don't know, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, so the the um, if anyone is able uh, after broadcast, if there's ever an English translation, by the way, of this. French documentary. It's called The Saviour for Sale. Okay. So that's one to, to try and find out. I, I really want to watch this later if there's any kind of English version. But what you just mentioned there, there is a fascinating documentary which is available. Uh, it, it can be seen, Net Netflix has the right to it. So it's called Made You Look. This was released at the end of last year. And this follows a story of decades of forgeries of some of the best known modern painters that were sold through one of the most prestigious of New York's um, commercial galleries that had been around for about 150 years um, wow. in various forms and slightly different address. One of the, one of the oldest commercial art galleries in the whole of the US. So called the Nodler Gallery. This, this forgery scandal blew up uh, and went to trial and uh, in the um, in, towards the end of 2015 to 2019 there were lots of court cases on this i'll tell you about it in a moment but it all goes back to the first painting that was brought in in 1994 by a woman who walks into this really prestigious fine art gallery um, with um, uh, saying that she could introduce them to a previously undocumented Jackson Pollock painting. Mm, okay. The expressionist, yeah, the expressionist painter who likes to do his Just action paintings on the floor. Exactly. Throw yeah. the paint around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, though, with all of this art forgery um, talk, chat that we're having, that it, it must be said that, of course, um, artworks are sometimes kept very privately and genuinely. Uh, with the real provenance do come up and they're the real thing mm. but there's always a lot of room for this sort of thing the woman walks in saying i've got a jackson pollock the nodler gallery is very interested and they buy it from her uh, for a less than market price which should have made a, an alarm signal right. you know a red flag but um the story was that her client wanted to get rid of his art collection so okay. the pro and the provenance and paperwork wasn't there because her client had sworn her to keep secrets about him being an anonymous owner, saying it was a family collection, and this went on from the late nineties for fourteen years. Um, oh the woman, the, the, the yeah, the woman um, brought in one or two works per year, but from the same mystery source, so she didn't have to show paperwork or provenance. And Nodler went along with her, and, and it totaled about sixty. Six zero paintings in all, undocumented. But, yeah. But did the on, did the gallery try to verify that these were real? How did they? Yes. How did they try to do they that? They did. They did do that, and they actually 
went to art experts in the US mostly, um, as, as that's where they're based, and they had some authenticated by the National Gallery of Art in Washington, who ended up, that gallery ended up borrowing some from the uh, owners that had been sold uh, what ended up being fake works and they the National Gallery in Washington hung some Rothko so Mark Rothko uh -huh. also a big name in uh, yes. abstract expressionism around the same time as Pollock and um, they they did um, they also commissioned research papers on some artists not specifically because of receiving these paintings but they do this all the time the National Gallery of Art and other art institutions have research papers that document typically artists work by by really well thought of artists in their own country so even and so so they were fooled yeah. as well they were totally fooled <laughs> they're experts totally they, they i mean they had they had that's that's pretty embarrassing egg on the face or whatever you know, this. and um, and so was the, the the i mean that's that's from an art expert point of view you might be one might be more dubious about the director of an art gallery node gallery itself and freeman who was the president there for a long time she was um, motivated by the fact that these, the, she says during trials that follow, um, that, that, that all concluded about three or four years ago from now, that she was motivated by the desire to make a new discovery. Mm. And that is typically something that you can sympathize with in a way. Right. And she, but what you can't sympathize with too easily was that she dismissed the results of scientific investigations, uh, findings. That, um, that certain pigments had not been invented at the time of some of these abstract expressionist paintings that was that, that, that were supposed to be created by big name artists such as Rothko, Robert Motherwell is another one, and Pollock among others. And also the techniques that have been used were not thought to be quite as they should be. There was even a spelling mistake on one signature that the the gallery sold it oh as the original thing. It's like Lord knows what the story was. All the artists must have been, you know, sort of just in a creative under the creative influence and spelled his name wrong. But, Typo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, with a paintbrush. Yeah. Um, so uh, by by the point that um, clients started. Um, getting suspicious about one thing or another and getting their own checks done as well um, the the um, the gallery director and the woman who had been bringing in all of these paintings were too unwilling they were too they'd gone too far mm. it'd been decades and they they didn't they they couldn't sort of step back from the accusations that were coming along so spoiler alert mm -hmm. um, it's very much worth seeing this documentary but what happened the ninth in sorry 2017 trials of the woman who brought the paintings in and her, her name was Rosalind was her surname she did end up being found guilty and they managed to get gather enough evidence the police to find that to track down the artist who was commissioned to do these from Queens in New York from a garage studio uh, and they found all the materials they got leads and it was all it was all it was all proven and she saw jail time and was ref and was forced to repay 81 million 
US dollars, which oh. was how much all of these paintings. Oh she transferred them. She was she was actually yeah, she was a Spanish national and they just found all they just got her computers, found all the bank records and uh, and, and she had all the money most of the money was still sitting there in Spanish bank accounts. And um the the, the final court, uh, court case for Friedman in two thousand nineteen she managed to get off every single charge. Seriously, pretty amazing. So she, yep, so she, nothing. she was found innocent. That she, she just was duped mm. by by the, the 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 rep of the seller, the supposed yeah. seller. Her her her, her no doubt um, excellent lawyer managed to argue <laughs> that <laughs> that, uh, that 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 she had. Um, thought them to be authentic all the time there, there was even the these expert documentations that we mentioned that were sometimes commissioned before a sale both by the gallery and by the owner who seemed to be pointing to everything being in the right place so there wasn't enough evidence to show that she had willfully sold these despite the fact they've been sold under market value which was always attributed to the owner wanting to get rid of them mm. so so that's yeah, yeah so all this just makes me feel that you, you should just pay for art what you think it's worth because who knows really what it's worth you know honestly there's there's no mm. it's, it's very hard to no, say that true. this is objectively worth anything because it's only worth how much someone wants wants it how much someone wants it indeed wherever wherever a person may see a piece of art whether it's gallery art fair whatever um, and be shown these pieces of authentication we know not just from these two documentaries that we're talking about, but through the through the history of art, there have been fakes um, for literally millennia. Art forgery began around art, around when art itself began. I mean, I don't mean caveman art; <laughs> those probably weren't forged because I don't, I don't, you know, getting getting a big slab of rock around the world. But it, but it's <laughs> but ancient Romans crafted. Um, copies of greek sculptures for example so there were there's been cases over the decades or centuries in the modern world where the sculptures were thought to be greek but they were found then by carbon dating and other processes of scientific uh, sample taking uh, materials that were that wouldn't be available in greece and so on to be roman and so the Romans, who, who um, when they expanded their empire, took over parts of the Greek empire, fell in love with Greek stone sculptures from marble and other materials, and they copied them. And the same, the same was true, actually, for murals. The Romans, uh, sorry, not murals, mosaic murals. Mm. Um, it's, so they, they also, the Roman um, artists or emperors and people who wanted to commission these magnificent, colourful mosaics, found that they had a liking for something totally new using bits of broken tile as the Greeks were thought to be the inventors of the mosaic and then they uh, they started making bigger ones themselves so it proves difficult for art historians when carbon dating and other such scientific techniques and ways of an analyzing materials used um, came came into being uh, commonly used which is about a hundred years—it's not a new thing. They, mm -hmm. um, they, you know, experts were then able to make more accurate um, uh, assessments of how old or or who may have done artworks. But there are just thousands of documented cases of fraudulent works. Other ones by Leonardo have come up before. Yeah. So.
Well, as you say, you, you pay your money, you take your chances. Exactly. Well, Andrew, <laughs> great to hear about this, and yeah, we'll have to try and hunt out the English version of that of that French documentary. So thanks Definitely. for thanks for bringing that to us. It's it's always good to have some real fake news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. There's stuff that really happened. Exactly. Okay, good to speak to you, Karen. You too. Thanks so much. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.